0: we talked about the documentary a little bit and I feel like it, it brings up some interesting threads. It doesn't necessarily follow through on them. I feel like it's a common documentary Mm -hmm. thing nowadays with a lot of things like whether it's like in the kind of true crimey thing, they'll often like follow a thread that's really tantalizing and then just kind of like find some reason to debunk it. In this one, it was like, Oh, we figured out that like somebody was just impersonating Bannon, so like it just like crossed him off the list of suspects, and it's like all right, yeah. Bannon is not Q, but it's like well, wait a minute, like okay, yeah, maybe he didn't literally drive over to that house and take a picture of it, but he still could be like intimately involved. So I think there, 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 still is further digging to do, and so we kind of poked around to see what else we could find, and we found this kind of like network of Q hunters, including that guy who claimed that. Aquino was Jim Watkins' lawyer and he yeah. this guy Dave Troy he's written like a huge amount of research on medium going into he's really hot on the Q trail and even has kind of like a meta narrative that attempts to explain it and I think he actually he get he does a good job up to a point and then I don't know what it is but there's like a certain like ontological libness that creeps its way in that kind of derails what I think are like fruitful avenues of inquiry. But I think we can do a brief overview of of some of those avenues. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He did a lot of work, Uh, like, you know, in terms of like the raw information, like again, like his interpretation of it. Yeah. I think that like, you know, it could be interpreted differently. Yeah, I think that he went a little bit down the rabbit hole. You know, I think he followed the white rabbit, and uh, yeah, you did. know, he got a little bit blue and on. Uh, but mm-hmm. yeah, uh, yeah,
0: yeah. But along yeah. the way, sometimes you know, even if people end up going crazy along the way, they they stup- you know, they stumble upon some real, some real shit that, uh, yes. that you know, there's some, uh, there's nuggets in the there. there. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So so like Dave Troy's thesis, his big thesis about January sixth. And the QAnon movement that like leading up to it and this whole milieu around Trump is that the the main culprits of organizing the January 6th action and QAnon center around something called the Council for National Policy, the CNP, which was founded in 1981 uh, during uh, the dawn of the Reagan administration as really like a conservative counterpart or competitor to the council on foreign relations which a lot of this is going to map like I said a little earlier like it maps very cleanly to a point onto the Yankee cowboy dialectic which I think Mm -hmm. maybe is morphed it's like I don't know where the bushes fit in Yankee like I think they've always straddled both worlds um and it's like some of the QAnon people are very like down on the bushes but yet the bushes like let like the kind of the proverbial cowboys and the right-wing Iran-Contra networks and the CNP, like, absolutely go hog-wild, especially in W's years. So maybe they're, mm-hmm. just, like, putting on a little bit of opposition to the Bushes. But anyways, uh, so his – this is his main thesis is that this is, like, a CNP op, basically. They were the most active organizers and participants. But he wants to ask the deeper question, why? Why did history unfold this way? Where did the CNP come from? What are its goals? And, you know, he he does counsel, I think, uh, wisely, like, to consider the, this larger historical frame apart from the day-to-day frustrations of party politics, uh, which reveals a number of key themes. CNP was born from the same network of people who created both the John Birch Society and the World Anti-Communist League. In turn, those networks are tightly associated with the birth of American libertarianism and also harbor a fervent and lingering passion for the gold standard. Within this community, the fear and distrust of communism cannot be separated from the libertarian non-aggression principle and the preference for the gold standard. The fetish for gold is, in fact, directly tied into the non-aggression principle in that they see inflationary fiat currency as a kind of, quote, molestation, as articulated by Robert Lefebvre, who is the founder of the CNP, considered by many to be the progenitor of modern American libertarian thought. And uh, he drops a very interesting uh, clue early on that I never read Jane Meyer's book about the Kochs, but he said in that book, it talks about the connections between Koch libertarianism and I am theosophy, which, you know, of course, on, on this podcast that jumps out at you right away. <laughs> the, okay, of course, there's a yes, the, there's a theosophy yeah. connection. And mm-hmm. it, it did trigger the memory of like yeah. some other cults that spun off from the I am Uh, kind of theosophy movement in like the early 20th century. But basically, um, you know, he actually says like, you know, the longer term trends animating current disputes include relitigating relitigating the New Deal, the gold standard now mapped to cryptocurrency, central banks, multilateral alliances, taxation, Vatican II, abortion, women's rights, climate change, Fossil fuel dependence and anti-Semitism. And, you know, that does, yeah, it sounds very, uh, the kind of things that the Yankees and Cowboys would kind of be bickering over. And um, But then he also says, like, the overarching conflict is whether the world should seek to pursue democratic or so-called neo-feudal forms of governance. Um, I'm sorry. I think, like, both of them want, a, they want different forms of neo-feudalism in a lot of ways. Like, or I think both of them are bringing to, I think if if either of these main factions got their way, the CNP or the CFR, it would trend towards some form of neo-feudalism that, that might just have different characteristics. But uh, to say that, like, yeah, everyone in the Council well, for Relations is, so, like, is, is, like, defending democracy— I'd like uh, yeah
1: that's definitely not like, true uh yeah. yeah i don't know about like a feudalism thing i feel like yeah maybe like in a very like vague sense but really it's just like what they're both pursuing is like uh capitalism like a high performance yeah of like oligarchic like, it's capitalism not yeah, like feudalism. Yeah, yeah, no, it's true, it's true. Yeah, it, you know, I think what they uh, mean
0: is like a reversion, an erosion of rights of like, you know, being able to own property or, you know, basically be dependent on like corporate lore. I mean, yeah, it's it's used in a very euphemistic way nowadays to say like we're sliding yes. back into like neo-feudalism. Uh, into of course, that's literally a hundred
1: years ago, like not really like, you know, the medieval times. Like that's not like, you know, or serfdom. Yeah. I guess like, yeah. you know, you hear about the roads of serfdom or whatever. Ever, but really, like. Which is a big libertarian you know, bugaboo uh, book. Um, mm, yeah, Von yeah, Mises and it, it's, all that. Uh, yeah, the whole and thing about that, the ownership of property. Like, well, you know, do you really own, like, does anyone really own property? Like, in the United States like Well kinda, they own like, they, really. they, People uh, own
0: houses uh, That's probably the main form of property That still exists Is that are homeowners In the yeah, United and States Yeah and they pay and, property
1: taxes To the government
0: Yeah which is uh, Like literally uh, Genocide um, According to libertarians <laughs> um, <laughs> But uh, uh, Yeah Yeah
1: but Anyway I, uh, And I think Okay yeah, so I, I so. think this is
0: also This is kind of interesting Though I think later He kind of like Maybe gets it a little wrong but he, the, talking about like Russiagate and stuff, he said, America has had a particularly difficult time in the last five years trying to deal with well-documented, quote, Russian meddling and the persistent denial thereof by those who point to Americans as being just as culpable. Ultimately, meddling was a counter-descriptive term because a network of Americans, Russians, Europeans, Chinese, Australians, Brazilians, and people in many other countries have all collaborated to promote illiberal forces across the globe. It should not be a surprise that Eduardo Bolsonaro was present on January 6th, were that Polish MP Dominik Tarczynski and Germany's AFD Peter, Burst, uh, Peter Bistron have attended events hosted by Phyllis Schlafly's Eagles organization. Indeed, it is a networked coalition. Now, that's, like, kind of true. Uh, and, I mean, yes, they're promoting illiberalism. Like, that's true just as it was in the 80s. They were promoting a kind of like hardcore anti-communist, like, you know, right-wing dictatorship if necessary. Um, but I don't know. That kinda of, again, it assumes that the the benevolent Council on Foreign Relations and like the Atlantic Council are like just interested in like liberal democracy and like if only these like conservatives would get out of the way. You know, so I think it's it's giving a bit of a pass as one might mm-hmm. expect it's still th- this is a a bit of a right a partisan screed um but you know the, this guy goes, uh, yeah. he he does touch on some things that are like that are good that you know we've all talked about before like his part two was all about biosphere 2 that you know steve bannon was brought in by texas oil billionaire arch cowboy ed bass to help curb costs on the project that as it was getting out of control. Um, he does mention, interestingly, in broad strokes, Biosphere 2 is a kind of Burning Man happening, but recast as science fair project set in the Arizona desert. Run by a collective of theater geeks, it arguably was as much a product of the counterculture as it was any kind of scientific exploration. Its purpose? To discover the effects of climate change. Bannon was the perfect person to put a pin in it, and in early 1994, he did. In May 2001, former child actor Brock Pierce... Then age 20 started a company called Internet Gaming Entertainment or IGE. Pierce found that he could mine virtual goods in games like EverQuest. You know, blah blah blah. IGE yeah. helped popularize something you can important. See our
1: episode on this very topic. Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah,
0: maybe, maybe our first, first Al, of our Pierce. first, our second Alwara episode, The Den of Daemons. Yeah, uh, we go into deep length mm-hmm. of Steve Bannon's connections. Again, Mr. Uh, promoting Pizzagate. Mr. I'm rubbing elbows with QAnon. Gave I believe 30. Mi- he secured 30 million dollars in investment funding via Goldman Sachs for Brock Pierce like after he had gone through the whole den pedo scandal and was like living in like a a drug dealer villa in Marbella with Mark Collins Rector with like a bunch of machine guns and like a (laughs) mountain of child porn and was like had been arrested by Interpol I believe in 2003 so and you know who also let's not forget Bannon was uh, Office of Naval Intelligence Mark Collins Rector became a contractor with the US Navy in the mid 2000s after his uh, legal troubles kind of blew over and he moved back to Florida Florida, and was, uh, I believe he got a contract to develop underwater drones for the Navy, and he was based out of Boca Raton, and Steve Bannon was also down in South Florida. If anybody's ever heard the weird story that Ed Opperman has covered about Steve Bannon's porn and meth house down, I forget exactly what city in South Florida it was in, but basically the person who, like, rented it out after he, he owned it and had been renting it out to people, when this guy went in, there was, like acid corrosion in the bathtub like they're cooking meth there were locks on the outside of the bedroom doors to like lock people inside and uh and like there was rumors that there had been like meth like like porn was being shot there and like in Steve Bannon's so it's like what the okay this guy is like the the, uh the paragon of virtue but you notice like the mainstream media nor this guy he doesn't bring up Mark Collins rector he doesn't bring up the pedophilia stuff it's weird isn't it you know like you're just gonna Uh, mention brock pierce for the cryptocurrency like that that's the only thing you're gonna mention about brock Pierce, really (laughs) like i mean come on uh buffalo buffalo ja is like jaw jaw jawing super hard right now reading this
1: uh (laughs) yeah uh right yeah 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 the jaw jaw jaws are flying
0: For access to the full-length episode, subscribe to the Hour of Frequency at patreon.com slash subliminaljihad.